up to our fantasy fam. A little recap about the last episode, 2016, Zeitgeist. Talked about top players. Eh, if you didn't hear it, go to the website, fantasyfam.com, and you can listen the to it. Thefantasyfam.com. Thefantasyfam.com, thank you. So here we are on a lovely Wednesday afternoon. How, how are you doing there, Mr. Kyle? I am actually fantastic because Wednesday for me is one day closer to Sunday, and Sunday means Game of Thrones. So I really, I mean, na, 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 na. I I build my week around Game of Thrones, and I'm sorry for people who are listening to this and don't love it because you're wrong. Get um, on, get on yeah. it. So I, I just, this show is just incredible. I mean, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I won't say anything right now because there probably are people who haven't watched. It's already Wednesday. Sorry. If you haven't watched the episode, no, I, I know, but this, I'm, you're not I'm part not of one of those. World. <laughs> I know, but I'm not one of those people because maybe, maybe somebody who's listening wants to start watching it. If I give away something about, you know, a certain character or a certain plot, they then won't know what's going on. I know, but I feel, I'll feel terrible. So it was an incredible episode. Daenerys is just getting on my last nerve, hey, but. Yeah. So, I'll leave it at that though. I I love I love me some Jon Snow though. Ooh, so Jon Snow, very nice. Yes. So. To talk about some news headlines, Sterling Shepard from Camp Today first reports were that suffered a severe leg injury. Almost, he was cut off in tears, wasn't he? Sadly. Yeah, there was there was stories that came out maybe ten minutes after it happened that stated that he was out he was had his head in his hands he was crying in tears that he just laid there and felt like the season was over and then thankfully thankfully uh news reports came out not more than you know two or three hours later that said that it was just a pretty bad sprain of his ankle a, a low ankle sprain not a high like, one right they're saying that it might not even be a high ankle sprain you know the tests are still preliminary but to go from almost ag- like that agony of, oh my god, my season's over, I just tore something, and all Giants fans and fantasy owners being on the edge of their seat, and now all of a sudden it's a low ankle sprain is just huge. So I thought that was a big, yeah, that's a big thing to talk about, even though not, like, not nothing happened, but for the most part nothing happened. So thankfully, but it's still something to keep an eye on going forward. They'd have to nurse him. Yeah, and it's it, it would have, ju- only thing that would have mattered would have been for Brandon Marshall. Um, and for Evan Ingram, I think they would have benefited from him, his injury, which sounds terrible to say, and I'm sorry I have to say it, but from a fan, fantasy perspective, it's important to notice those things, and both of them would have seen an uptick of what they would have been expecting. Well, we're glad to hear that he's doing okay, even as a Cowboys fan. Yes, of course. Also, another big story that I think a lot of people have been following, Carlos Hyde. They are very, very confident that he is going to be the starting running back week one and that Joe Williams is probably third on the depth chart as of now. He's struggling mightily. He can't even hang on to the ball. So Carlos Hyde has been impressing, as he should be, because he has top 15 potential. How do you feel about Carlos Hyde? Well, or first this, of all, this, that, news, this news story. Right. Those are two very, very, very different things. Um, the difference that between how I feel about Carlos Hyde and how I feel about the news story. The news story, to me, is not as surprising. I mean, there's no way a rookie who almost walked away from the game two years ago and Joe Williams is going to overtake Carlos Hyde, who has, you know, a seasoned, for the most part, vet in the league. I, I don't think that's going to happen. If it does happen, it won't happen this year, no matter how much, you know, Shanahan and or um, Lynch may play a part in that. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I thought before the story came out that Carlos Hyde was going to be their starting running back, and I still think he is. And based on the story, it hasn't changed. Um, do I think he's going to be a top 15 back like some do? Absolutely no chance in hell. 
but especially behind that offensive line and on that team, uh, he's not going to get any touchdown opportunities, and he's injured all the time. So I have him somewhere in that. Hold on, let me see where I have him. I currently have, I have him. him at, I think I have him at twenty, right in the twenty at, range. I have him at twenty nine. So. I have zero faith in Carlos Hyde. I will not be drafting him unless the price is like very, 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 very low. low. And but yeah, it's important to look at because he does have potential. Carlos Hyde is a very talented running back. He just happens to play for a terrible team and is injured all the time. Pretty awesome. So other than that though, he, other than that though, he's great. Yeah, his 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 yards per carry has been increasing every single year. Yeah, his games have been teetering up and down, but he's definitely yeah he's it's increased no his average, which is good. Um, the only other thing I want to focus on besides that, I just saw it pop up, and I think it's something we need to talk about, is Forrest Lamp, who is the guard that uh, the Chargers drafted number uh, in their second round, tore his ACL today. Oh, boy. So that offensive line that really kind of struggled a little bit last year, Melvin Gordon struggled with that yards per carry along the way. Uh, it just got a little worse. So I, I think from a fantasy perspective, it's something to keep an eye on because they did draft him in the second round with hope that he would be a cog in that offensive line, especially in the middle of that offensive line to help Melvin Gordon out. So not that I'm going to move Melvin Gordon down now, but it's something to definitely keep an eye on. Mike Williams yeah, I, also done. Not, not oh, he, done, but not done. Potentially, he's not right. potentially. Right. It's not so much that he's done, but he's definitely yeah. has no draft value. He has zero draft value. Yeah. He, he would be somebody you would pick up during the season. If he plays or plays well, I would, I wouldn't waste a draft pick on him personally. So, but it happens. It's training camp. It's This is what happens. Now to get into our question of the day or questions. Yes. We're going to do a little something fun here, Kyle. I so love fun. I have this for friends a, who do stuff together. Uh, I have a <laughs> series of questions. Take, I don't know, maybe a minute max, if that. If you feel you need the full minute. I'm not going to time you. I never you, need but the full minute. It's fine. I'm, I, hey, you may need longer could be a good topic nah. you know that we're talking about Nah, i was that guy i was that guy in like high school and college who finished the test before everyone else did so it's fine i don't i don't look at my answers again i just i just say whatever comes to my mind love it <laughs> love good it. luck and that's exactly <laughs> what we're gonna do right here all right let's do it all right so first one start sure. off nice and slow sure frank Gore finish as a running back two does he finish as a running back two um yes i have him I have him right now outside the running back two range. I have him at about 26, 27 in my rankings, but there's no one there to compete with. He's not going to be targeted. So the reception totals, I'm not something I'm, I'm worrying about, but yeah, I think he has that potential. I mean, I don't think he has the upside of, I think he has zero upside. I think you know what you have with Frank Gore. You know what you have with his backups and you know his role in the offense. And I think he has the chance to finish his 24, somewhere between 20 and 24 as the running back. Boom. Drew Brees throws for over 5,000 yards again. No Brandon Cooks. Um, Michael Thomas stepping up. Um, Kobe Fleener maybe stepping up. You have an additional running back or two in Adrian Peterson and Alvin Kamara. I don't see – Willie Sneed is Willie Sneed. I just don't – I don't think Ted Ginn moves the needle. Do I think he finishes with 5,000 yards? No, I don't. I think I think Drew Brees will sh- fall short a little bit of it. I think he's still going to be a top three or four quarterback as he is every year. But I think with that loss of Brandon Cooks and the yardage uh, capabilities of him, I think that he's going to be in that somewhere in that 46 to 4,900 range. But I think he falls short of 5,000. Awesome. This is a pretty interesting one. All right, go Jameson for it. Crowder, does he score more points than Terrell Pryor? 
Um, no. And I think that's a pretty easy one, actually. Um, Terrell Pryor is your spread the field kind of guy. He's this one you're going to just throw it up as high as you can. And as far as you can, Terrell Pryor will be there. Uh, he's going to get the bulk of the touchdown share over um, over Jamison Crowder. Kirk Cousins throws for a ton of yards. And while Jamison Crowder will be targeted, Jamison Crowder is a short yards guy. He's going to be seeing, you know, 10.5 yards or to 11 yards at most per reception. And I just don't see him finishing ahead of Pryor. While Crowder has more of a repertoire and uh, rapport with with uh, Kirk Cousins, I think that Pryor comes in there and I think he really, I think he could finish, I think Pryor could finish as the top 12, honestly. Do I don't draft, have him there currently. Do you draft but. Crowder in a PPR? Highly. Oh, absolutely. All right. I don't draft him higher. I don't draft him higher than Pryor. Let's get that straight. I don't draft him higher than uh, Pryor. But I do draft Crowder um, in a PPR because I do think he'll see – for him to be of value to me as compared to Pryor, um, I'd have to see him get about 85 to 90-plus targets. I mean, uh, receptions. He has to see about 135 targets. Marquise Lee or Alan Hearns? Mm. See, I've seen this question asked a lot, and I think it's pretty easy, actually. I like Marquise Lee, but I don't love him. Um, if I'm going for somebody in those later rounds who's not going to start for me, who is based solely on potential and based solely on what they can do, it's Alan Hearns, and it's not even close. Um, I don't want somebody who's good. I want someone who has the possibility to be great. And what we saw two years ago from Alan Hearns is great. Alan Hearns finished with 10-plus touchdowns. He finished over 1,000 yards, and he was a fantastic wide receiver, um, mostly, because, mo- mostly because Blake Bortles was good that year. Uh, last year, Blake Bortles was absolutely terrible. Alan Hearns was terrible, and that offense was terrible. And Marquise Lee benefited from it because there was no Alan Hearns. Uh, Robinson wasn't really performing as well as he needed to, and there was no run game. Marquise Lee had a very, very good second half of the year last year. I agree. I do, I agree. Um, I think that Leonard Fournette coming in there makes them a run-first team now. I really do. I don't think any... I think that's going to completely change. I think they're going to be a run-first team. I think they're going to try to take the uh, the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands as much as possible. That being said, though, I really do like Alan Hearns for those long plays. He can average 15 to 16 yards per catch, and it's it's something if I'm taking a flyer on, I would rather have him. Does Marshawn Lynch finish in the top 15? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, uh, currently, I have him at 18. I like Marshawn Lynch. With the I news do. saying, though, that he potentially could be under 200 carries for the year. Oh, my, my rankings were done with that. My rankings were done with the inflection that he would have at most probably 210 touches, which includes, for me, includes receptions. Um, I, I think that he's going to see probably about 185 to 195 rushes, uh, and that's okay for him. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns, I think. I, I have him I have him down for how many touchdowns to see. I have him down for 10 touchdowns. I mean, yeah, that, it's, a, it's a very pass-heavy offense with Amari Cooper and with um, Michael Crabtree. And I think that Derek Carr is going to utilize Lynch as much as possible, but he's not going to pass it to him. He's going to pass to Jalen Richard. Uh, they still have DeAndre Washington, but I don't think they're going to be big, important parts of that offense. Uh, I do think Marshawn Lynch could see, you know, maybe 12 touches per game, give or take 12 rushes per game, maybe 13 rushes per game. Um, but what he does with them is important, and he's he has potential to be a five yards per rush uh, running back. And if he is, then you're looking at a guy who could average 75 yards rushing a game, and he could he could well be over a thousand yards, so I guess I I do I think Marshall Lynch can what was the number Marshall Lynch finishes a what top fifteen top fifteen yes I I do think he can finish the top fifteen will he though I am going to say yes <laughs> Ooh, okay I am Mariota is this the year he gets close to four thousand passing yards by adding Corey Davis and also having Demarco Murray 
We had to, he had DeMarco Murray before. I'm just saying. But still having him. Knowing, With DeMarco Murray, knowing, you're saying? Yes. Yes, 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 oh, yes, no. yes. Um, Do I think he can come close to 4,000 yards? Yes. Do I think he will get... last year. Do I think he will get 4,000 yards? No. Um, but they're, what they're showing him is by adding Corey Davis, by adding Eric Decker, by adding Taewon Taylor, what they're saying is we want to pass the ball. And they have a lot of faith in Mariota. I think they're going to let him loose. I think they're going to say, you know what, go for it. And they're going to let him pass maybe 30 times a game, which is a lot. I mean, that's a ton of passes. So do I think he can touch 4,000 yards? Yeah, I think he has the capabilities of it. Will he, though? No, I don't think he will. I think there's still a run-first offense. You have a very good running back in DeMarco Murray. You have a very good backup in Derrick Henry. And... I just don't think they're going to shy away from that, especially when their defense is going to be so good and their offensive line is so good. 293 so, carries from DeMarco Murray. Yeah, I think he sees about 275 again this year, easily. That's people cool. are very people are overrating. People are way overdrafting Derrick Henry, and I don't understand why. DeMarco Murray is going to see the bulk of it. They have a great offensive line. Mariota will have a great year, but he's not going to throw for 4,000 yards. I don't right. think. Well said. Well said on all Thank those you. questions. Thank you. I did my best. That you did. <laughs> Now to get on to our topic of the day, busts and steals. Everyone's favorite. I love busts and steals. This is this is where your teams could be either mediocre or elite right here. Right. Right. It's easily. Busts and steals. Busts and steals are super important to any team. Tell us why. Kyle. All right. A bust is somebody who does not live up to their expectations. And that's based solely on ADP. So if you draft somebody in the third you know, fourth round and they finish as, you know, a wide receiver 75 or they completely falter and they they play seven games, that's a bust. An injury can unfortunately play its way into a bust and it's unfair, but it's true. If you do draft somebody in, you know, in those first few rounds, especially somebody who say drafted Jordy Nelson that year, he got injured and they had an early draft and they drafted him in that first or second round because they had know his potential. It unfortunately becomes a bust because, he busted out. There's not, there's literally nothing you can do about that. But it doesn't mean that everybody who underperforms is a bust. It's Correct. based solely, it's based solely on their ADP. Their ADP is the most important part of it. Okay. Because somebody who say you draft in the 12th or 13th round that doesn't perform up to par. Well, you drafted them in the 12th or 13th round for a reason. A bust can only take place in those earlier rounds. A bust is really only something that is set aside for those first, say five, six, seven rounds where they do not either live up to their potential or do not perform the way you need them to uh, to fill where you drafted them ADP-wise. It was one of your busts this year. Okay, so busts are hard to determine um, because you never Very want tough. to al- – Yeah, because you never want to alienate a player. There are players who I would have as a bust, you know, right now who I would still draft if they fell to me. You know, it doesn't mean I don't want them. It just means based on where they are going ADP-wise, wherever their average draft position currently is, I am not willing to pay that price because I do not think they will live up to those expectations. Um, So I'll give you one right now, and I say it mildly because I do like him very much. It's nothing to do with his his ability as a football player. It's more to do with the situation he's in, and that's Joe Mixon. Um, I love Joe Mixon I, well, as a football player. His off-the-field issues are something that are very troublesome to me, but I hope he gets that all in order because he is a very good football player. Correct. Uh, Joe, Mixon is put, right, Joe Mixon was put into a situation that I don't think he – I don't think that people realize could come back to haunt them if they drafted him too early because they say, well, Jeremy Hill last year had a bad – you know, didn't have a great year. Um, Gio Bernard got hurt, and so he walks in there and says, wow, I'm going to start from day one. 
Well, it's not. That's not going to happen Definitely because first not. of all, because first of all, Marvin Lewis does not like rookies. No matter how good of a player that play, you know, that person is, they, he doesn't like them. Unless you're AJ Green, Marvin Lewis does not play rookies as much as <laughs> basically compared to any other team, he plays them way less than anyone else does. That being said, Geo has been has been uh, in training camp. He has been receiving passes and running the ball, you know, non-tackle, but in training camp. That's that's big for him, but that's bad for someone like Joe Mixon. Yep. You know, Gio Bernard is that pass-catching back. And while Joe Mixon can do that, Gio Bernard does it just as good, if not better. And while he is coming back from an injury, it's still troublesome. But people are also freaking about Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill's ADP is very, very low. He's going in that, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th round. Sometimes he's going undrafted. But at the same time... Jeremy Hill still can get you 10 rushing touchdowns. He's still not irrelevant. Jeremy Hill can still put up fantasy points that maybe isn't as good as Joe Mixon, but he's going to take away a bulk of carries and a bulk of red zone opportunities from Joe Mixon. I would draft Jeremy Hill in a 14-team league. Absolutely. As, as I would have him as a flex. Yeah. I, would, I would take him as a flex. I would. I think he, I think he has the – I don't think they're going to face him out. I mean, a few years ago, Jeremy Hill was the next best thing. You know, he he had, what, 13-plus touchdowns, 12, 13 touchdowns. He was on his way to being a top five uh, running back in fantasy, and then he just underperformed. And it happens, but to completely – Right, to completely negate what he's done and what he's capable of is, is just foolish at this point. So while I love Joe Mixon, I am not willing to spend a late third-round pick on a guy that is going to basically be somewhat of a running back by committee for a portion of the season. Give me one. Give me one of yours. Jay Ajayi. Ugh, you're going to get some flack for that. I am. And the reason I think that is because last year he was he was definitely – so he was a steal last year. We'll go with that. Oh, yeah, I would say so. This year I'm saying he's a bust. You look at his stats. He had only four games over 100 yards rushing. Four yeah. games out of the entire season. He, mind you, he didn't play the first week, and they really didn't get him start rolling until the until the fifth week. Then the sixth and the seventh, everyone will remember those. I mean, over 200 yards for both games. But he has three games of over 200 yards and only one of over 100. And everything else is peanuts. The next best is 79 yards. Yeah, I agree. Most of his points last year were based on those games alone. Mind you, yeah. he, the other games he didn't get as many carries, but there are some games where he got 20, 19 carries and he only rushed for 50 yards. Jay Ajayi is my bust for this year. Yeah, I I completely understand where you're coming from with that. I had that firm stance for such a long time. I'm starting to soften on him a little bit. I do think he's capable of having a very good year. Um, this whole concussion thing is not helping him, but I don't think it's going to matter um, going forward. But I, I don't see me drafting somebody like Jay Ajayi in that late first. If he falls to that mid-second... He's, mid going, to, he's going pretty high. Yeah, I know. If he's if, if, if he somehow falls to that mid-second or mid-to-late second, I would definitely take a look at him, for sure. Because as a, especially if I got a running back with my first pick, if, if I can get him as a running back, too, I am happy as a clam. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, I, my, it's, it's no-brainer. But my, my, my follow-up question to you on that is, how do you know that clams are happy? I've read books. Read a book. Read a book. Come on. It's it's evident. Clams are not, happy. Not in Alice in Wonderland. They get eaten by that Fun walrus. Fun fact. Fun fact. Never seen Alice in Wonderland. Oh, great movie. I never can't seen say, it. I can't say anything, though, because there's a lot of movies I haven't seen. But we yeah, just, never we seen Alice in Wonderland. At a further yeah. Alice in Wonderland is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, never seen the cartoon. Never seen the one with Johnny Depp. Sorry. Eh, Johnny Depp was all right, but the cartoon, yeah. the original, is yeah. by far 
one of the best movies. It's it's incredible. Moving on to a steal. Webster, would you like to provide us with a definition of a steal? Did you call me Webster? Yes, I did. Like dictionary? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Like, right. right. I got Come you. I got on. Merriam-Webster over here. Oh, jeez. All right. So a steal is the opposite of a bust. And I know that sounds ridiculous to say because that's obvious. But a steal is, is grabbing somebody in those later rounds who exceeds expectations based solely on ADP, once again. ADP, the average draft position of a player, is the most important factor when determining anything. Value, reach, steal, bust. It's the most important thing. So if they exceed their expectations, if they exceed those their stats of what they were projected to get, uh, where they're expected to finish, that is what a steal is. A steal is very intricate. It's a very important part of building your fantasy roster. I mean, but these only can take place, for the most part, in those later rounds. Yes, you can get a steal in the 7th or 8th round. There's no doubt about it. You can get a steal in that seventh round who finishes – a running back you draft in the seventh or eighth round who finishes as the top six running back. That's definitely a steal. These but for guys the most make part, your team awesome. Right. But it's, the steals, those steals are the ones who are the game changers. If you can get one or two steals in your draft that finish as top 24 at their position – Your money. That's, that's who makes the playoffs. You know, you're drafting. If you're drafting your players in those first few rounds, and you're getting good players out of them, and they're at value, then great. But it's those it's those steals in the later rounds. It's avoiding the busts in the early rounds, and it's about getting those steals later on that that your team depends on. So a steal is is as important to your team as avoiding busts is. I have a um, very very awesome one. Are you are you done? I want to jump in because I'm very excited. I'm to always tell you done. About one I am. Please please please. Almost I know you're excited. Please I'm, ex- excited. I'm done. Continue. You're good. I'm great. Another a, a steal. My my absolute one of my all-time favorite players to watch, Larry Fitzgerald. He's being drafted in the sixth round right now. That is that is ins- highway robbery. That is insanely ridiculous. He finished top ten last year. One of maybe three guys to actually he actually led the NFL in receptions. With Which is crazy. With 101. Yeah. I believe, Larry Fitzgerald. Draft him. He's a wide receiver 31. There are so many wide receivers ab- ahead of him that I would not draft. I would I would even maybe even reach for Larry. But if he falls to you and people don't understand his his actual talent, then it's then it's definitely a steal from where you're getting him. Right, because Fitzgerald is a great player. Everybody knows that, okay? Everyone knows how good of a player Larry Fitzgerald is. The problem is is that he started last year really, really strong. Incredible. I mean his his first few games, he had eight receptions, five receptions, seven receptions, five receptions. He was getting targeted like crazy. Um, he had ten plus recep- uh, ten plus targets in three straight games. He put up two touchdowns uh, in his first game of the season. His first four game, first three games, he had really good games. I mean, he had double digit fantasy points in every single game. However, over the next few weeks, he had only one game where he was one or two games where he was fantasy relevant for the most part. The rest of them, he had good games. But people are doing that. They're they're saying, all right, Larry Fitzgerald's getting older. He's he's you know 33 years old. He's this might be his last season. Is he worth drafting? But yes. if you if you can get a wide receiver, he's gonna if you can get him in that sixth round, he's probably gonna be your wide receiver three. Even if he starts strong and finishes slower, you're looking at a guy who has potential to score 20 points, 20 fantasy points in the first five weeks, and that's all that matters. And he's one of those players that hey, I draft him in the sixth or seventh round. He pans out for the first five games, and I trade him. Which is exactly good. what I did last year yep. after the that's, third week for Ezekiel Elliott straight up. 
Yeah, that's what you do. I mean, it's somebody like because Ezekiel Elliott started the year a little slowish, slow, sluggish very, last year. Very slow. He did start right. a little slow. And Fitzgerald started hot and said, you know what? That's what happens with Fitzgerald. He's an older guy. Unfortunately, his body can't keep up with him as much. And while he starts the season great, he might not finish it strong. But that's the player you're going to get. You know what you're going to get when you get Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to get you a ton of targets, a ton of receptions. He can get you a few touchdowns here and there. In, in the sixth or seventh round, I mean, it's well worth it. 107 catches, sorry, instead of 101. Yeah, that's way more. Mind you, 150 targets. That percentage is incredible because you got to put into consideration that Carson Palmer probably threw a bunch of bad passes on that. Yeah, nothing Palmer against, stunk last year. Nothing stunk. against Carson, but... No, all right, it's everything did, against Carson. He, he did stink a little bit last year. Larry still had a fantastic yeah. year, over 1,000 yards, 107 catches. He just doesn't drop passes. I think I stated in one of the episodes, one of our first episodes, that... He's dropped maybe less than yeah. – I think he's dropped less than 10 passes in his entire career. Does Do you think that Do you think that John Brown coming back healthy and strong, if that's a thing that I could ever so. happen, I hope, do you I think hope that helps does. or hurts him? Do you think that helps or hurts him? No, I don't think so. I think it, I think it definitely – Do you think it helps at all or no? Well, I think it definitely helps him. Sorry. Um, yeah, okay. John, John Brown, he has that deep field threat. I mean, you can move the safeties. Yeah. He's moving the safeties back. Larry's going across the middle because Larry – I mean, right. La- Larry never could yeah. actually run downfield and be a deep – but he, that wasn't his – Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, though. at one point in his career. Yes, yes. But now he's – you're looking at a guy who's probably ten at most 10 yards per reception. At most. Which is all he is. I mean, he's going to put up 10 yards per catch. He is basically a glorified slot tight end. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going I to mean, average a lot of catches. He will. He's going to get. I think he could see the hundred yard, hundred reception uh, threshold yet again. I really hope he does. I he's, I hope so too because I plan to draft him in many leagues. Same. So hopefully not right, league um, that we're in together. So no, one of us can only draft him in those leagues. So. <laughs> um, all right. So my big steal. Okay, I've been tossing and turning with this one because there's a few I want to throw in here. But it came down to the. <laughs> it came down to where I can get them in the draft. And while one of my guys, Theo Riddick, is somebody who I think is a huge steal, um, you can get him in the seventh round in some draft, in some PPR drafts, and the guy could have over 80 receptions. For me, it's Alan Hearns. Okay, and I'll tell you why. That's a big, Alan Hearns, big, big steal. Alan Hearns was a god awful last year. Okay, he also only played in 11 games out of 16. Um, he was absolutely terrible. It was hard to watch him last year, but it, just as hard it was it, it was to watch Blake Bortles play. Um, Alan Hearns' success is derived from how well Blake Bortles can play. And Blake Bortles has shown that he stinks. But the thing is, is that Alan Hearns has the capability to be a very good receiver. I mean, his his second year in the league, he played in 15 games. Yep. Yeah. He had 64 receptions for 1,031 yards and 10 touchdowns. Okay. Those are borderline – those are wide, wide receiver two numbers right there. 16.1 okay. yards per catch, too. Yeah. That's the number that sticks out the most to me because even if he doesn't – say he gets 50 receptions and he gets 16 yards per reception, I mean, that's huge. If you can get him in those later rounds, he has the opportunity to be a steal. He has the opportunity to play every day. Would you start Alan Hearns in your flex the first week right off the bat if you drafted him with knowing what you just they, said? Um, who are they playing first week of season? Ooh, do not know. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I mean, it depends on um, – they are playing the Texans. Um, they did lose their the – they lost one of their corners, correct? Or their safety? 
Mm, I don't know. Did they? Kareem. They have Kareem Jackson. They have Kevin Johnson. Um, I, I think that if I'm if I'm starting, uh, that's a tough one. I, if I had to say right now if I would start Alan Hearns week one, I'd probably say no, just based on the fact that I don't know how he's going to, like I don't know what his role in that offense is going to be from the start of the season. You know, another guy that I talked about that could be a you know a big steal in those later rounds is Robert Woods. He's a number one receiver for a team, and while that team stinks, Kenny Britt was the wide receiver one for that team last year, and he finished with over a thousand yards. I, I think I, I agree with you on Robert Woods. I think he has a very, very good year. I hope he stays healthy because he could be a very good Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenny Britt had 1,000 yards. That's what I thought. Kenny Britt had 1,000 yards receiving last year for the Rams. For the Rams. Kenny Britt, come on. With Case Keenum and Jared Goff. Come on. So if Kenny Britt can do it, I really think that Robert Woods can do it. He's going to be the number one on that team. And, uh, I mean, you can get him in that – he's in that undrafted to late uh, late round range. And I just – as a streaming option or as wide receiver depth, I think he's well worth the, the look. Busts versus steals. Yeah, they're important. Very important. Very, very important. So that will conclude our episode. I am Anthony. I am Kyle. And this is the Fantasy Fam signing off.